Hey, thanks for joining us here on episode two of Digging Deeper here at First Baptist Church of Clovis. This is a podcast meant to give our teaching team an opportunity to expand a little bit on their sermon from the previous Sunday. So today we have Nick Bradley, our lead pastor, and he's going to talk about his sermon um, from this past week. So Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks for sitting in with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so this last week, uh, we're towards the end of our life hack series, and this week's life hack was serving. Uh, the reason why we serve and different ways to serve and how to have the right mentality for serving. So um, uh, we took a look at John chapter 13, the washing of the disciples' feet, and uh, just took a look at what it meant that Jesus, you know, the creator of the universe, got down and washed their feet. Um, one of the things that the teaching team uh, had kind of gone over, Andy had pointed out, that scripture doesn't actually say that their feet weren't washed previously. And so it, it kind of just got our gears turning like, what if their feet were washed coming into the room and then halfway through the meal, scripture says, Jesus went ahead and got up, tied the towel, took off his outer robe, and then washed their feet. Would uh, <laughs> I think I've given sermons and countless other people I know have given sermons where they say, you know, their feet were dirty, but none of them wanted to wash each other's feet, uh, or Jesus was just sitting there waiting uh, to see who might walk, get up and wash their feet. But the truth is, Scripture doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I was kind of proud about from the sermon was that we point out uh, to the church that Scripture doesn't say that their feet weren't washed. Um, but what we can look at is not the cleanliness of their feet, but the cleanliness of their hearts. And so we took a little time exploring what were the hearts of the disciples, even up to that point. And the truth is we saw in a couple of different places that uh, the disciples were, were prideful um, and they didn't fully get what Jesus was doing. So they were arguing about who was gonna be uh, at the right hand of Jesus, who's gonna be greatest in the kingdom out of the disciples and that they bickered uh, with each other. And so you have this ragtag crew of, of followers that Jesus uh, brings together and he doesn't choose the best, brightest A-teamers, he chooses the B, C, and D teamers, which makes me happy and, and makes me better understand why I'm a pastor, but uh, he, he uses uh, the lowly guys to prove his point, that it's gonna be about him and what he does, not what they do, because they were just prideful, like we all are. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus, I think, uh, went and served them, and the issue wasn't their dirty feet, it was their dirty hearts, and then he said, you must serve one another. And this was just hours, um, you know, just the day before he would be uh, on trial and tortured and ultimately crucified and abandoned by these men. He chose, while he was hurting, to serve. And I think uh, something that I really wish I would have spent more time on during the sermon was talking about um, if you're hurting in this way, have you considered serving in this way? Or if you're hurting in this other way, have you considered, considered serving? Um, because, at least speaking for me and numerous other people that I know, that it's kind of like working out. No one wants to go work out, but then after you do it, you're glad you did it. And so to maybe camp on that and the importance, um, psychological, physical, mental, and certainly spiritual benefits of serving even uh, while you're not in the best of shape yourself and how that act in and of itself might actually improve your overall health. And, so I wish we would have camped uh, a little bit more there, but ultimately concluded the sermon with the concept of uh, 
serving at First Baptist, of course, if, if you're a, a member uh, and, and someone that calls First Baptist your home. Um, but more importantly for anyone listening, uh, that we're called to be servants. And you don't wait for the church to create a ministry. Your ministry is at home with your family, your ministry is with your neighbors, uh, where God places you at your work, your hobbies, where your kids' hobbies are. And so uh, really just trying to focus on Jesus and say, what attitude did he have in serving? He was humble and he was compassionate and he did the lowest of the low. And then in a sense, he says, therefore go and do likewise. Um, and that he led by example. So be a servant. And then this Sunday, we tried to kick off a little bit of a serve uh, ministry, if you will, where people could sign up to do various ministries. And I think I would have, I think uh, in hindsight, our teaching team went over what I maybe missed and, and I was in full agreement that I, th I think I could have done a better job of getting specific. Like, did you know these ministries exist? Did you know we want these ministries to take off? And did you know these are dream ministries that I think are impossible, but if I say them out loud, who knows, maybe there's someone in the crowd right now that God's provided. And so I didn't get too specific and I regret that. Um, but I suppose if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of pointing at Jesus and admiring Jesus and saying, be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the details can come afterwards, um, but neither here nor there. But I, I think that's maybe what I would have changed if I, if I uh, were to do it again. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, we do have a lot of really great ministries. And it was uh, eye-opening as I was working on the serve video and just seeing all the different individuals say, I serve at this area, this area, this area. And, you know, there's... There's ushers, there are people who are the, the Connection Center, there's people that do the prayer chain, there's people that, um, we've talked about the, the funeral service team, yeah, people so that many make people food. behind for, the scenes. And, yeah, yeah, there's there's so much stuff that there is that people can get involved with, but just like you said, um, just because there's not a ministry that you feel like, oh, that's where I'm gifted, like, well, you can start that, like, this could be an opportunity for you to create something brand new. Um, yeah, and, and we're all about that. Like, if you have a ministry that you're passionate about, like, go for it. Yeah, um, and and you say that, and I'm in full agreement. But I know in the past, sometimes what churches have done, and ours included, is, hey, you're excited about this thing? Sweet, we'll advertise for you, and then go, and you do it on your own. And so it's sort of like people don't want to volunteer and say, well, I got an idea, because then they're going to get told, sweet, you're the leader of it. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I think I just want to would love to make clear to anyone that's watching or listening or part of our churches, we don't want to do that. If we've done it in the past, we apologize, but moving forward, we don't want to do that. We want to equip and come alongside and, and train. And if someone has an idea, either A, training them up to be a proper leader or B, finding a champion for that idea that can lead it and that person's idea is just fulfilled whether they're a part of it or not. Um, I could think that there needs to be a wonderful, um, you know, moms and tots group I shouldn't lead it, but it's still a great idea. Yeah. And so I, I would love to convey to everyone that, um, you know, please bring forth ideas, but then also do it with grace that well, we can't do everything mm -hmm. and we got to have some discernment. Um, but I, I think it's safe to say that we're, um, the, there's way more potential of what we could be doing than what we're actually doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's an exciting time because we see a lot of people stepping forward saying, hey, what about this and that? And new ministries are starting every day. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And to your example of, you know, um, talking about Jesus washing the disciples' feet, like he actually got in there and did it. You used um, a visual illustration, used a video clip from yeah. The Guardian, movie yeah. from 2006, 
Um, would you set up the scene for us a little bit in case yeah. you know, they missed it? Yeah, so it's a movie from 2006 or so. Uh, Kevin Costner. This is Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner, thank you. Yeah. Um, Robin Hood days. Uh, <laughs> then you got Ashton Kutcher, and Kevin Costner plays this, uh, I think, Master Chief in the Coast Guard, and uh, he's kind of this enigmatic, enigmatic uh, leader where everyone wants to know how many people he saved, and he keeps it co close to the vest, and all he wants to do is train people. Um, and he's considered one of the best in his field. And then Ashton Kutcher just wants to come in and break records and how fast you can swim and look like the stud athlete. And he breaks all these records. And um, uh, the Master Chief is uh, instructed at this time, hey, uh, we need you to go teach what hypothermia is. And so uh, the, the scene cuts to Kevin Costner uh, shoveling in just, just buckets of ice in this already cold room into this pool where all of his students are in and they're, they're clearly freezing. Um, you see the, the, you know, their breath in the air and Kevin Costner's telling them what hypothermia is but then as soon as it's as cold as he jumps in with them and then he keeps talking. Uh, and so he's teaching while he's doing and of course the parallel is that's what Jesus did. He didn't just say go wash each other's feet. He jumped in uh, and, and did it first and modeled it. Um, and so just that whole scene sets up a, uh, an incredible teachable moment for us Christians. Uh, that One, Jesus did it, and, and that's how we're supposed to jump in. So what I love about the scene is that he's in there and he's teaching, he's teaching uh, his students, and then another teacher, you almost picture like another rabbi, right, comes in and he's like, Master Chief, and the Master Chief jumps out and he's, he's freezing. And, and uh, he, he pauses teaching his students for a minute and, the, and this other teacher's like, you know, you were instructed to teach. We have classrooms for this. And then he said, you're, you're instructed to teach um, the effects of hypothermia. And he looks at his watch and he goes, uh, sir, in about two minutes or whatever, they're gonna understand what hypothermia is. Mm -hmm. And so um, it really just sets up this uh, learn by doing. You know, we can equip you and train you as much as we know how and as much as we can, but there's also a certain element of faith of step out and do it. We know it's hard, but Jesus would command us uh, to not be 100% prepared to do everything, but mm -hmm. to be as ready as we can be, and then let the Holy Spirit pick up and, and guide from there on uh, to do hard things in the name of Christ and in a loving way. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that led into another good point that you had of, it would have been totally appropriate for Jesus to simply say, go wash other, like he had the authority, he had every right to say, I don't have to wash, I'm, I'm God right. in the flesh. There's no reason for me to do this. And so had the story been written, had that been what happened, we would have had a very different story to go over. And we would think that it's totally normal. Like, yeah. of course Jesus wouldn't wash people's feet. Like he's, he's, he's God of the yeah, universe. He's like, way above this, but he, he did get in there and he did do it himself. Right. So I've, it makes the story, you know, that much more powerful. Well, the fact that he didn't need to. Yeah. And secondarily, the, the neat thing is that Jesus could have avoided washing their feet, just told them to go, go wash each other's feet. And that would have been appropriate. Mm -hmm. But then the second awesome part about that is he could have in that moment washed their feet and then said, now come wash my feet as an act of worship, mm -hmm. and then go wash others. But he skipped that step because God is so good in his infinite awesomeness that he says, listen, I, I want to give you a two for one. I want you to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then when we say, yeah, I'm ready to do that, Lord, he goes, 
But here's how you do that. You do that through loving others primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he could have demanded that worship, but he didn't. That's how gracious and merciful and kind he is and how he chooses to use us. So it's not like two things we have to do. I gotta first stop and worship God, then go worship, um, or then go wash the feet and serve others. And while we do stop and worship God, don't get me wrong, um, serving others is absolutely an act of worship. Mm -hmm. I'd like to circle back to one of your points um, from earlier on in your sermon when you're talking about all of the secular psychology benefits that are being like finally discovered and validated of. Serving and giving and generosity have actual psychological benefits and mm-hmm. have actual physical benefits mm-hmm. to your life. And so um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Of uh, Yeah, I, something in most of my sermons that I, I like to try and do is consider that there might be people in uh, the congregation that are listening that are visitors or maybe you're on uh, the beginning side of their faith journey about Jesus. And I like to make sure I I almost kind of always set up, here's the biblical reason, but if you're not there yet, you're still struggling with, but how can I trust the Bible? That's fine. I want to have a little something for you when I can as well. The secular, the the scientific, the non-biblical reasons um, sometimes are good enough and a lot of times line up with what scripture says. And so uh, I think it was off the top of my head, I think it was time Time Magazine, Psychology Today, and a couple of um, Huffington Post, and then another another scientific magazine had posted between all of them. If you were to sum up all their titles, the benefits of serving others, the bene- your physical and mental benefits by serving others, and it listed things like a longer life and lower stress um, that can help with lower forms of depression that. People who serve more tend to end up having better jobs. Ironically, putting others first can help your career. And um, again, we never we don't want to get to the place of well, I have to serve and make it all about me. But it's neat to know that God's designed it to where when when you serve others, yes, it's sacrificial, but I want you to feel a blessing from that. And science proves it. Scripture promises it. And it just kind of all comes together like this awesome package. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great thing that, you know, it's it's easy for us as Christians in the day-to-day or the week-to-week, like Sunday comes, Sunday comes, to forget that the biblical wisdom that we always talk about is biblical wisdom that applies to the secular world as well. It's wisdom. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that is with it. There's not a, well, this is good for Christians and it's good for their, their spiritual walk and all that stuff. Like, no. The Bible gives us lots of really practical advice for all areas of our life because Jesus knew, God knew, we would need more, like we we would need some guidance, we would need more help. Um, So I think it's great for when we have opportunities like this to tie these things together, like, hey, this is, you know, whatever you think about Jesus and God, like this is just some good advice. Right. For you as as a human being, right? Um, I mean, in in the same in the same shake, I I uh, have seen it done poorly where people sort of like battle our faith against science. And being a person that just adores and loves science, but through the lens of scripture, as often as I can, I like to show people virtually always the same. 
Uh, maybe there's something we haven't discovered in one or the other, but if our God is real and he really made science, then technically they are never in disagreement. Mm -hmm. Maybe just our understanding of one or the other is, and, and sort of how to view that. And when we dig deeper, more times than not, there's not a discrepancy. There's, there's beauty and harmony mm -hmm. um, because our God created science. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you for tuning in today. Nick, thank you so much for sitting in on episode two of no Digging problem. Deeper. If you would like to go check out his sermon, you can go to our website, www.fbclobus.com forward slash sermons. And you can find all of our past sermons there uh, recorded and saved for you to view. But uh, this last week, it was August 25th. Yeah, yeah that was the, the most recent sermon. So thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.